Hey, welcome to the Tom VoiceOver Podcast. This is episode number five, and today we're going to talk about and listen to a whole chapter from Gutter Medicine, 26 Years as a Firefighter Paramedic by Roger Huter. I narrated this in 2018, and it won the 2019 Independent Audiobook Award for Best Memoir and Biography, which was an honor to receive. This is a great book, and it's not just for people in the emergency medicine field. It's uh, it's filled with passion and heart and everything else you could imagine coming from someone who actually was a firefighter paramedic for 26 years. I worked with Roger creating this um, audiobook, and I was able to speak with him on the phone several times. He and I still keep in touch. You know, whenever I can, I like to be able to speak with the authors um, ahead of time. Can't do that on the bigger publications necessarily. Most of the time, that's just taken care of by the publishing companies. But for independent um, authors that put out independent works, which, by the way, is just going crazy these days. It used to be that, you know, if you were an author and you and you put something out independently, it was through a novelty press or, you know, something published on your own and it never got any traction. Uh, not not the case anymore. In the past 10 years or so, it's just a whole new industry that is taking the publishing world by storm. So independent authors are really big now. And this is one of them. So being able to work with Roger and, and talk with them and get a feel for who he was helped me to bring the memoir to life, I think always searching for the true depth of character and the soul of somebody while you're reading something that was written in their words and you're going to be portraying them in the work is is a challenge. And so being able to talk with him one-on-one, you know, even a short conversation, you could imagine hearing his voice, hearing how he speaks everything, um, even though I didn't try to imitate that in the memoir, but, um, just listening to his stories uh, helped me to understand what I was in for and how to prepare for reading this particular audiobook. The stories in uh, here are gut-wrenching. Each chapter brings forward another uh, story or two uh, of his life as a firefighter paramedic, uh, life on the street, if you will, coming off the fire truck or in the paramedic's truck. And um, it's real exciting. He was around as paramedics were just being formed, as that word was becoming part of the vocabulary for emergency medicine uh, back in the mid-70s, early 70s. The other thing that I wanted to mention real quick, and then we'll go ahead and listen to uh, chapter two of Gutter Medicine, the entire thing here, is that if you want to hear anything about Roger's life before becoming a firefighter paramedic, it's a real interesting story. And I also narrated that book. And that one is actually a fiction. It's a um, biographical fiction. And it is uh, 29th Street South. I have codes for that, by the way. And um, it could use some reviews on Audible if you're interested. So get in touch with me, Tom at TomVoiceOver.com for those. I also have 25 codes left for gutter medicine. So it's going to be first come, first serve. Send me uh, an email. Tom at TomVoiceOver.com and ask for gutter medicine code, and I will email you back with uh, with that code so you can listen to that for free. Another, again, another great book. If you're not interested so much, maybe you know uh, somebody in emergency medicine that uh, would like to listen to it, so you can actually have them email me or give them the code information. So that is it. Without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and play Chapter 2 of Gutter Medicine by Roger Huter. Chapter 2. The Street. The street is what I used to call the place where it all happened. A place that exists in every town and city in the country. A place that is invisible to everyone but us and those who need our help. It was a place where I practiced gutter medicine. 
medicine where your job was to pick up the pieces and try to get them to the hospital as soon as possible. A place that remains just below the surface even today, decades later. I started in 1974 as a firefighter EMT, and then in 1977 became a paramedic on the department. It was a new and exciting time. We were out there to help people. What we didn't know was that in this job, you didn't save many people. There were just too many people who were too sick, too hurt to save. But saving them wasn't our job. Our job was to try. That takes a long time and a lot of pain to understand. I've had babies die in my arms and some who lived whom I wished had died given the mess we left them in. I've had it come out so bad so much of the time that I was always surprised and happy when it all worked. The reality wouldn't make a very good TV show, not if the show was being honest. One of the strangest aspects of the job was how familiar so many of the scenes appeared, thanks to TV and the movies. Our reality had a theatrical look. The red lights in the night, the bystanders, the bodies strewn in the street. All of it seemed to be some episode of Hill Street Blues, a gritty police procedural TV show of the day. But the closer I got, the realer it became. The scenes were always about a hundred times bloodier than anything you ever see on a screen. A director never yelled cut. Instead, we would work through the scene to clean it up, to take care of the patient or patients, to manage our own emotions and move on. Afterward, we would wash the dirt and blood off our hands and get ready for the next one. So it seemed a little strange that we called them scenes. The longer I was on the street, the fewer answers I had. In my opinion, people who have a lot of answers have not seen enough of the day-to-day -day tragedies. Reality leaves no room for illusions. I lost mine on the street. My view of the world has no room for wannabes, should-have-beens, or supposed-tos anymore. There is a rhythm to the street, the beat you live by when you are on duty. After a while, I can tell when it was going to be a busy day. It was just statistics. People live and die every day. You know when you've missed enough of the big calls that eventually the odds will bring you something terrible. You know it's coming, but you put your gear on the truck and head out. It's what you do. And near the end of another 24-hour shift, you finally get back to the station, sweaty and exhausted. Maybe this time you just came back from a shooting, stabbing, or an accident with injuries. All you can think of is whether you can lie down before you get another run. You fall on your bunk, not even bothering to take off your clothes. You just luxuriate in the wonderful feeling of being in bed. As soon as you close your eyes, though, you're right back in it. A series of black and white close-ups of the scene. Always close-ups. Other times it's a slow-motion replay, again and again rolling through your head. A running commentary begins. What did I miss? Could have I started the IV faster? Put the tube down faster? Should I have scooped and run instead of getting the IV first? Should I have checked the breath sounds sooner? But it is always the pictures. Blood-matted eyelashes. The man with no face after he put a shotgun under his chin. Two bunker-coated arms thrusting out of a smoke-filled window holding a still-smoking baby. 
the half-open eyes of someone you know is dead but who you still have to work. The images never go away. Sometimes they won't let you sleep. You get up and wander to the ready room and stare at the TV, not really watching. You watch TV until 3 a.m., when, no matter what, you finally seem to be able to go to sleep. So you stumble over to your bunk and fall into a semi-doze. Hopefully those images don't follow you home, but some will. Some will stay fresh for years, for decades. They crawl out from behind the walls you constructed. It is mostly at night. We made people nervous. When they see our little equipment-laden safari moving through their office or a restaurant, they always smile and make some sort of nervous joke about us. As if the only way to deal with something going wrong is to minimize it. Nothing serious, they would say as we left, so they could be reassured. And when something does go very wrong, people would ignore what is going on altogether. I worked a code in a restaurant once. We were in the middle of the floor, pumping the patient's chest, starting IVs, administering drugs, and the people around us continued to eat. These are small personal tragedies and ironies that a firefighter paramedic deals with daily. They separate you from the people around you. Friends ask, What happened lately? Do you have any good stories? But to you, the people you tried to save are not just stories. They are people who bled, who cried, who died. So you answer, Eh, nothing much happened. Because when you tell a story, if it is to provide a vicarious thrill for somebody, it diminishes the pain of someone else. What you did is not a story. Often, what you did was a desperate attempt to beat back the inevitable. And eventually, this knowledge will become a permanent wall between you and the rest of the world, if you let it. How you try to help sometimes can fundamentally change who you are and how you view the world. Yet if these events do make the headlines, they are a little article on page two in the local section of the paper. It is difficult to understand how something that affects you so profoundly can be thought of as so trivial. That a meeting of the county commissioners holds more importance than what you saw and what you went through. Stories from the street are not funny. In the early years, people would ask me to tell them a funny story from work. I could never think of one. When I tried, nobody would laugh but me. The stories that are funny to me are not funny to civilians. The following are riffs that I wrote over the years, thoughts and remembrances of experiences and feelings as they were happening. Some were written at home. Others were written at the station. Still others were written on the trucks as I sat waiting for another call. I found one on the back cover of an old set of standing orders. I remember sitting in the jump seat, putting something down that I did not want to forget. I have been writing this book for twenty years. Okay, I hope you enjoyed Chapter 2 from Gutter Medicine, 26 Years as a Firefighter Paramedic by Roger Huter. If you would like a code for this, like I said, I think I've got 25 left, shoot me an email, tom at tomvoiceover.com, and I'll get you that. Also, his uh, the prequel to this, if you will, another book that Roger wrote about his life before this that covers his his world in Vietnam and uh, uh, getting out of Vietnam and finding himself um, in his early 20s. Real interesting, great coming-of-age story. 
that one, 29th Street South. I do have codes for that, too. So shoot me an email. Otherwise, we'll talk to you soon on the next episode of the Tom VoiceOver Podcast. Thanks so much for listening.